1: What up? You're listening to Almost Accurate. I'm Jake. I'm Keith Beef Queef. Keith, God damn. Every time. I think he's... I'm like, he's not, Ryan's not going to come up with another one. Surely this will be the week where he's not going to have some. God damn it if he hasn't done it again. Ryan, I, I thanks, for, thanks for being back on the as you are every other week on this show. Yeah, this thank podcast. you for being back. Always. I never leave. I never leave this house. I never leave this room. I am in my own personal jail cell that I've created for myself. And you know what? It's actually kind of sick in here.
0: You love it over
1: there, man. I love it. I love this chair. I love all my fucking LED lights. I'm sitting in the dark. It is prime (laughs) podcasting (laughs) territory right here. Live your life, big dog. Just the glow of my computer monitor reflecting off of my pasty, pasty skin.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like, what vitamin D? I
2: haven't had D in a minute.
1: Vitamin D's nuts, man. Yeah. I think, when's the last time you got you some D?
2: Um, Saturday. You got I some think. D on Saturday? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Nice. Yeah, it's been since it's been since the weekend. It was before the Panthers won their first game of the season. I know, man. You're their good luck
0: charm. I'm so proud of uh, you.
1: Yeah, I don't wanna you know I, you I gotta don't go wanna, back you know, yeah. I, I don't wanna take too much credit, but I'm just saying before I went there they hadn't won a single game. So coincidence, you tell me. You wanna know
0: something that is horrible? It's like a huge regret. What's what's your I went with my family? Uh, I went with my family to some stupid trunk or treat thing for you know, like the kids. Mm, yeah. think mean, families are terrible. I mean, they're okay, <laughs> but we could watch the whole game together. Went to this uh Halloween trunk or treat thing and like literally only got like three pieces of candy. No, and some stickers. I was like, man, this is whoa whoa whack.
1: Man, how the fuck are you supposed to be eating stickers?
2: I don't know. I'm an adult. I need more
1: candy. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Like the only reason Halloween exists as a holiday is for the Skittles Corporation, which is not their name. To sell tons yeah. and tons and tons of candy, and for dentists to stay in business—that's the only reason I can think of that Halloween exists. And if my Halloween doesn't end with me eating way too many Reese's cups and throwing up, then it's a failure. It is. So that's a huge bummer that they're handing out stickers, which are last time I checked not edible.
0: Yeah, no, I mean a you could eat them. Trunk that or treat. Um. Yeah, and now it's, like, after all this Halloween hoopla, now it's uh, Christmas. It's Christmas everywhere. It is Christmas. It is Christmas. I went to the store on Halloween night,
1: and it was just Christmas shit. I was like, what the
0: fuck is this?
1: It's always a holiday around here. Ugh, God. We, as a society, must be permanently celebrating a holiday or preparing to celebrate a holiday that is... Three months away. That's I how mean, it works. At after least Christmas two and Valentine's Day.
0: Uh huh. And after that, then Saint Easter.
1: Patrick.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. St. Patrick's
1: yeah, Day. Yeah, sometimes they overlap depending on when uh-huh. Easter is. Easter's a real wild cool. card because sometimes Easter will be like, "Hey, I'm in March," or they'll be like, "Easter's like, hey, it's April thirtieth, and it's still Easter somehow." Because of the moon or some calendar that we use to calculate it, yeah,
0: jesus he he's different, you know, he chooses whenever he wants to get
1: up. Here's the thing that I don't understand about the holiday of Easter,
2: <laughs>
1: and <laughs> it's strictly that it's why does it move? Well, if I don't we're, know, cel- Jesus, if we're celebrating the same day, why is it not on the same day if every year?
0: It's got to be on a particular Friday or whatever. But I mean, Jesus just pretty much got out of the pen. You know what I'm saying? He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> that rock's moved, y'all. Your boy got some prison tats. Is ready to get back to doing what he's doing."
1: Texted the disciples, "Turn up, we free." <laughs> We really party it
2: tonight.
0: What up, John, (laughs) Mark, Luke, and Paul? (laughs) Yeah, what's up? Death ain't got nothing on me, bitches. (laughs) Hit him up. I'll turn water
2: into wine, (laughs) hose.
1: Turn his sprite into wine.
0: That's the way I like to to picture uh, Jesus, you know? Party, Jesus.
1: Party guy. He is a party guy. He turned turned the water into wine. He didn't turn it into I don't know, low fat Greek yogurt. I don't know. What what do people, yeah, no, what do people man, like? He's turning that shit into
0: party juice. Well man's. In Jesus is handing tea, out
1: full size candy bars. He wouldn't be handing out no stickers and boxes of raisins.
0: No doubt, man. He would be uh full.
1: He'd be giving out airplane
0: bottles like yo bitch. <laughs> <Here's the>
2: <laughs> <hospital."> <laughs>
0: That's that's what I love about him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Here's a J we'll a, for your trouble. We'll do another uh, another podcast one day where we go through all of the disciples and figure out what uh, kind of candy they've been handing out on Halloween. Yeah. One- you know,
2: um, that's <laughs> gotta be it twice right near. near us. Our- we
1: do it. <laughs> we do this podcast once uh, on Easter and once on Halloween. That's it. And that's it. <laughs> That's got to do it around Christmas too, you know? No, you don't. No one hands. You don't
2: want to talk to me on Christmas? Wanna talk, nah, about no. no. talk about what we got.
1: Hell no. Talking about what we'll read out what the we'll read out the codes to the gift cards we got online and see if anyone redeems them. <laughs> oh, you know some motherfuckers be redeeming it.
0: But then we would know how famous we are based on how quickly it happens. What if it doesn't happen? <laughs>
1: Oh, man, I'd be so bummed. <laughs> You're yeah. like, here's a $100 Visa gift card, and everyone's like, eh, pass. <laughs> yeah. These guys, no, nah, I'm good. No, nah, I don't trust their money. Jake, what episode is this? Is this 196? I think it's 195. There's no way of knowing. I never check until it's time to upload the episode, so it's it's entirely possible I've uploaded the wrong episode number multiple times. Oh, perfect. Well, let me tell you, we're encroaching <laughs> on two hundred.
0: We will be yes. back together. I I will be coming over for that one.
1: I can't wait for our big bicentennial episode <laughs> where we we look we look back at the two hundred years of this podcast uh, and well, all of the well, times that sorry. were and weren't
0: and what could yes. be and what. We'll have to cut Craig out. Craig's the little fucker who records us on Discord.
1: Yeah, Craig will not be invited to that episode. We'll just have us and some big old red microphones in our face, just how I like it. Jake also got some D over the weekend. Lights turned down real low.
0: Pants unzipped. Real low as well.
1: Yeah, well, you literally ripped your pants apart during one episode of our podcast. Yeah, that How was that? a sad
0: day for the pants.
1: Yeah, no, I
0: drove back. I think it was cold that night too.
1: It was very cold. I remember it. I remember it being. You were like standing by the fireplace afterwards. You're like, oh man, it's it's kind of drafty in here now that I've ripped hat one of my pant legs off. <laughs> You know, you live and you learn, you lose pants along the way.
0: You just do what you can, yeah. you know? It's yeah, not the absolutely. first pair of
2: pants I ripped
1: with my fat ass. <laughs> 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 it's not the first time that my big voluptuous booty has been the, the death knell to many a pair of pants.
0: I mean, I donked out those pants, dude. This bubble butt took a burl.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so if you if you enjoyed that, I can't wait till we get to episode 200. We're going to pull out all the stops. And by that, I mean, you we haven't decided out? what we're doing yet. No, we're well, not I mean, it's like
2: 10 200. weeks
3: away.
1: Is Ten it? 10 weeks away. Nah, it's this year, I think. We can't do math. We'll, I said we, two yeah, weeks
0: we, away. That would be this year, wouldn't it? We,
1: uh, yeah, I think so, actually. Eight weeks away? I don't know. We'll that look at the calendar see. after this, and we will figure it out. No, we won't. But yeah, <laughs> We'll figure it out some other time. Yeah, it'll be like two days before we'll be like, oh, fuck, 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 we forgot. We it's forgot. Christmas.
2: <laughs> How are we going to pull this off? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, oh, we will cool. figure
2: it out. It's lands at but the uh, that I can...
1: we do have a huge episode for you guys tonight, though. So if you love it's this one, stick around huge. for episode 200. We've got a big deep dive on. see Well, I was going to say season one, but let's face it. The only season of Netflix's Fall of the House of Usher and I'll be talking a little bit about Marvel's Spider-Man Two, which is one of the most fun I've ever had—shooting stuff at a building and then crawling up the side in the dark, just scurrying about and punching people in the face. It's wonderful stuff, Ryan.
3: But it's before robotic. we get to that, yeah,
1: I love just just shooting my webs all over the place. Oh, I know Seeing you do.
2: In your house.
1: In <laughs> on their feet <laughs>
0: on the I mean god your house feels like the floor of a movie theater
1: yeah it's been webbed so <laughs> been been webbed many a time anyways Ryan you mentioned okay. Mariah Carey Yeah, she has that's my
0: what you think moment that's my what you think Jake <laughs> old girl's being dolled I think she's playing that up
1: now I love that she's just leaning into, leaning into this and how I hate that song <laughs> so much. And I... Oh. She's going oh, on I tour. I hate that song so much.
0: She's going to be in California and I think New York and a couple other places.
1: That would be a tour. Two places plus be. a couple other.
0: Yep. So she's de And ready to sing. What if Olivia was like, hey, Jake, we need to go see uh, Mariah Carey. Let's go to New York.
1: Well, Ryan, we... I don't know about Mariah Carey, but I can say we dropped a little bit of money last week to see uh, a certain other musical artist when they come to our state next summer. Taylor Swift? Nah, I think more along our
2: lines of music.
0: Blink, yes, sir. <laughs> you want to say blink, let me Absolutely. ask you. So, I have a buddy, Derek, as you know. Um, and know him he very well. bought <laughs> blink tickets for $69. Hilarious! Um, perfect. Then, tickets skyrocketing after that. Were your tickets more than $69? Were they like they were crazy? Less. They were less.
1: Good, you yeah, got it for we're the. Yeah, we're in the nosebleeds though, but
0: that's
2: okay.
1: You're there in the Pit moment. Was like, Pit was like four hundred dollars a piece, and I was like, "Fuck that Fuck
2: shit!" God,
1: I'm sorry, but this is it, <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> there who, is who, the, a, who, who the, yeah, it was 55 fifty-five, fifty-five a piece, so it really wasn't that bad.
2: That's not bad at all. I hope Before that I tax. get my
1: tickets. Yeah, after like taxes and fees, obviously more money, but really not that bad. I am um,
0: so there's a show taking place next summer, like literally almost a year from right now. I'm gonna buy tickets for hopefully next week, and I'm not even like there the to see like, next year. Uh, they are. I already got my tickets for that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Rancid is one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, so it's like Alkaline Trio, Blink 182, and Rancid. Rancid's the only band I haven't seen yet. Um, they were such a huge part of like my musical development, and they are going on tour with Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins, and the Linda Lindas. So, all those bands are great. So, I'm excited to see all of them. Um, It's the shows on like Sunday. I've joined the Green Day fan club list just so I can get some tickets early. Uh, but my plan nice. is to definitely do that um, the main band I really want to see is Rancid, but everybody else is a plus. You know, it's probably going to be one of the better shows that I will see ever in my lifetime. I think
1: that's always a good a good thing when you have a great like supporting act. When we yeah. went to, when we saw the Avit Brothers uh, for one of their New Year's concerts. They had a, a band with them that uh, played a song that wound up being our first dance in our wedding. So that was that was a f- f- amazing show. Just a shout, just a generalized shout out. If you ever get to see the Avit Brothers, especially on one of their New Year's shows, amazing. They played and, for like three no, fucking I'm... hours. It's a it's awesome. <laughs> They are, I haven't heard much about them lately. Uh, they put an album out like two, three years ago. So they're at this stage where they don't need to put stuff out and tour constantly. So I'm sure they'll have some new stuff out probably next year or something. But those New Year's shows are fucking great. <laughs> yeah, I would be. Um...
0: I would be interested to see what they're when they put out something next, um because I just feel like it's about time for them, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely if you're if you're ever you know people listening outside of outside of the state, if you ever get to see them live, period, they're awesome. I've seen them three times now. I've seen them twice twice here once at a New year's show and uh, out in Montana as well. and they put on such a great show, but the New Year's ones just pff, great.
0: <laughs> well, you it's, saw one from home, right? It was during COVID.
1: Yeah, that's another one. Another one where they did a they did a they said it was live, It wasn't. It was obviously a pre recorded concert, but then they did like a live thing at the end and that was pretty cool too. Watch that watch that we took our TV outside <laughs> and put it on our picnic table and watched it from our hot tub. Uh I was about kinda, to say kind of neat. R.I.P. Matthew Perry. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's our thoughts on Mariah Carey. Now we move on to Matthew Perry. Pouring one out for a real one. Sad, sad stuff, man. Um, Yeah, I don't know what to say about that, to be honest. I mean, drowning in a hot tub. I don't want to speculate I know that he obviously had some addiction issues in the past, and but presumably had over overcame them. Written a whole memoir about overcoming addiction. So,
3: uh, well, they're just... saying
1: possibly the medication that he took um,
0: was there was some kind of ill effect that would happen if he was in like some kind of situation where the uh, temperature or his body temperature was higher than a certain
1: amount. I don't know. Yeah. The sad thing is that, well, in all honesty, you can drown in a bathtub. (laughs) And if you're unconscious, yeah. I mean, it's it's just a sad, sad, sad situation. I mean, Bruce Willis in that movie drowned in just a puddle. That is true. That movie that you didn't go see, but I told you about and I talked about. That was a bad movie. What was that shit called? It was, uh, yeah, we ended
0: up watching it. Megan wanted to watch it. Oh, and you were like, oh okay. Yeah. I've heard like, this was great. <laughs> yeah, no, you told me about it. I was like, oh God, here we go. Oh
1: man. <laughs> yeah, what a terrible ending. I mean, no redeeming qualities. So dumb. Terrible, terrible, awful movie. Um, Richard Mole. Also uh, to keep on with our cheery segment of uh people we lost. Uh he was the voice actor for Harvey Dent slash Two Face in the Batman animated series has passed away at eighty years old, um, according to the Hollywood Reporter. So we've lost uh Kevin Conroy and Richard Mole. Um we'll talk and we'll talk in a little bit uh about another person that was very heavily involved in the Batman animated series that is a big part Morning, of the House of Usher. Hey, yep. <laughs> that's uh, uh yeah very well we'll
2: get
0: there but i think this particular individual did a pretty good job
1: yeah pretty good job to the point where i was like oh shit that's mark hamill <laughs> yeah
2: cat's <laughs> out of <laughs> the bag
1: <laughs> um what else we Is got jake a... there's a stranger things prequel in the works <laughs> Actually, in the works, it's starting in November. It's called The First Shadow. And I'm clicking on the link now to read the full article for the first time. So, obviously... I'm just going to say that Millie Bobby Brown,
0: who plays Eleven, every report that I've seen about her, she is ready to get over with it. Which blows my mind.
1: I mean... You've she's been doing it since she was what like 15 and she's like 25 now, yeah. But it's
0: only like five seasons, and like, let's be yeah, honest, but... do you think she's gonna really do anything else? Why not?
1: I mean, I'm gonna bang I it
0: and, in. and that's gonna be it.
1: I mean, she's already too old for Drake to slide into her DMs, so she's she's. <laughs> She's yeah, escaped that, and now she'll him. be able to es- escape from the fucking stranger things. I um, don't have a ton of opinions about the show. I watched the first season. You are mostly caught up, though, aren't you? I
0: am caught up, but, you know, they're not coming back out with anything until like 2025. So. Everybody's gonna be like, "What the hell!" And everybody's gonna be like, older, like beards and shit, like that. The writers yeah, strike did. T-
1: think. The actors' strike is still not over either, so that shit has not gone out for a while. They really should have just well, filmed I've- both halves of that last season at the same time. I think.
0: Well, I've heard that if you were already committed and signed up for something, that you could go ahead and continue on it. That this uh, actor strike has come up later.
1: Mm. It's it's hard to oh, fuck man. What's up with the first shadow though? So apparently, um, it's just going to be a prequel set in 1959, and it's got a bunch of actors that I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> never heard of what? it. <laughs> but you will. Really <laughs> seen
2: somewhere. Somebody. <laughs> you
1: know Shane Atwool? Oh, yeah. Thank the dude you. owes me five bucks. <laughs> How about Chase Brown?
2: Or I could Amar, Amar Doofus? Dave. This guy's name is Amar Doofus.
1: Anyways, so...
2: Doofus. So anyways,
1: a big, big recommend from us, uh, Stranger Things, The First Shadow. It's set in 1959, before the world turned upside down. Go watch it, or don't watch it. Um, Yeah, I don't... yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff, wait, wait. I can't wait. Can't wait.
0: <laughs> Let other idiots figure out if it's good or not.
1: Yeah. Rachel uh, Ziegler's Snow White reboot has been delayed because apparently they're going to be using uh, CGI dwarves instead of real actors now. So I see for...
0: For the little people community, some of them were very upset about this.
1: T- I love the way that TMZ writes, writes <clears throat> and I quote via TMZ, the Mouse House announced made the announcement Friday. Instead of coming out in March, the SW live action film is slated for spring of 2025. Some cite the ongoing actors strike as the impetus for this, but others see it as a far more obvious reason, a hell of a lot of backlash.
0: Yeah. They didn't want to use real little people.
1: Right. So now they're just going to use, um, yeah. Cool.
0: Is it going to be voiced? Is, are the little people who are CGI going to be voiced by little people who are little people in real life?
1: What if they're just voiced by AIs so we can just offend everybody? Oh, that I... would be That's the icing on the cake, TMZ. Yeah. Um I think that Disney needs to chill <laughs> with their live action remakes. I don't think anyone was uh, exactly clamoring for this and they seem to have pissed off plenty of people for this.
0: Well, I've heard that they do this to retain licensing. So you know how, um, like, Winnie the Pooh, everyone Mm -hmm. besides Tigger um, was public domain. Same for the Grinch. That's why they made those horrible horror movies. Um, They do that so they can keep those uh, characters for a longer amount of time.
1: Yeah, I don't exactly know how the public domain stuff works. Um, I guess it's what a hundred years or something if you don't renew the, the. I don't know exactly how it how it works. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a. I don't work at the United States Patents Office.
0: Well, I know um, for music, it would be like so many years after you had died. <laughs> so oh, okay. let's say. In like 30 years later, like Sonny Bono was apparently a big person on that. Um, he helped, he went to like uh hearings for that in front of the courts or whatever and helped change that because I think initially it was a smaller amount of time and then he increased it. But that god, that was when I was in music school, whenever they were talking about that. So that's been 10 years at least, maybe 15.
3: Hmm,
1: damn. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That is, uh, it is interesting. I think the, the cynic in me was saying, oh, it's, uh, it's another cash grab. I've not, I've never been interested in any of those like live action remakes though. And I know they were really, really, uh, going for it when they did the Lion King, called it live action and just had <laughs> CGI lions, uh, that can't
2: be on, say,
1: just phoning it in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, doing this is, um, and then just being like, you know what? CGI dwarves, awesome stuff. Just real, (laughs) what a real classy move there.
0: Well, it gives them a chance to make a real, real live version. Like, you know, the next Lion King that they do, it's going to have real lions.
1: I can't wait for that. (laughs) I can't even. Ripping a man apart, them and hyenas just fighting. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, Apparently, there's we did this a couple weeks ago where we talked about our, our favorite uh, horror movies, but They Follow is going to be a long-awaited follow-up to It Follows. Um, So director David Robert Mitchell and star Mika Nero are going to return for this horror sequel, and I'm excited for that. I really liked It Follows. I think it's probably one of my favorite horror movies that I've seen. I think it was like my number two on my list, I think. <laughs> I need to so, go back and watch. Uh, it's uh, it's really, really, really good. I have to say. I remember like the
0: premise, but I really can't remember because I think it was kind of renowned when it first came out. Like you know, a couple weeks after, people were like, "Oh, this is really good," and it seems like that um mentality has not dissipated over the years. People weren't like, "Oh, that didn't age well." People are like,
1: oh yeah, it's still good. I think it really holds up. It's just a, it's a really vibey, artfully done horror movie that, um, yeah, it's, I think it's just perfectly done as we'll talk about with House of Usher. I think often that's building like sense of dread is often the thing that is scarier than the eventual payoff. So I definitely think that that, um. Is the thing that this has going for it. The other thing I would say is that it probably didn't have a huge budget, and you benefit from not seeing whatever it is that is following them. Bird box it. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, a couple couple other uh, bits and bobs. Marvel is apparently reportedly considering a new Avengers movie with the original cast. Now, Ryan. Yep. Do you think this is something they would do if the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was uh, better currently? If the state was better, no. They would be
0: like, write them <laughs> off. But right now, I think what's happened is that they had a really well thought out idea and <clears throat> they had so many movies like in place and then they were like, once Iron Man did so well, or maybe they just had a bunch of good ideas, and then once Iron Man did so well, they were like, oh, okay, let's do this and this and this. Also, it was all different for the time, so the audience was a little more... Now we've seen the same song and dance for a while, so we're not so captivated by it.
1: Um, 15 years deep at this point. Yeah. It's not a new idea anymore. It... I mean,
0: it's... I really still will go watch them, but I find myself a little less intrigued each time. Um, Like, who are the Avengers right now? Like, like Shang-Chi. Okay, (laughs) Ant-Man, okay. That's like saying Uh... slap somebody. It's been so long (laughs) since anything relative or that yeah, relevant has happened that like, okay, Shang-Chi, He's only appeared in, like, what, one thing? Supposed to be one of the Avengers? Uh, Captain Marvel's just now getting her second movie. She did appear in, like, um, the Endgame and stuff like that. Um, Who else? Who else?
1: Doctor Strange? Uh, Spider-Man, if his contract isn't uh, for renewal, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, I
0: mean, it's kind of all over the place. There's no clear, defined thing. It isn't like Samuel Jackson's going to be like, hey, I uh, got a team I'm putting together. You know, spell it out for us idiots out here who need to know who's going to be in it. Forgetting about Doctor
1: Strange, unless you said that and I talked over you. No, I said Doctor Strange, yeah. Okay, well, I wasn't listening.
2: Son of a bitch. <laughs>
0: Even that's.
1: Ryan, you know who I just thought of? Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange.
0: <laughs> and who else, though? um what is that uh, old girl who was in um secret invasion where they got she got all the superpowers
1: i did uh i didn't watch secret invasion to be honest
0: well let me tell you you missed nothing and that brings me to another thing the tv shows have really been getting worse progressively i think the first loki was great i don't know how the second one's going to play out so looking at that um i don't find it as interesting WandaVision. I thought that was pretty good, but kind of looking back on it, I'm like, eh, it was alright. But I mean, it was like the first out, so it was interesting. yeah. Um, but everything afterwards wasn't really that good. I thought Hawkeye was kind of good, um, but I also think that's because it took place around Christmas time. So whenever you watch yeah. it at Christmas time, there's this little ex- extra like factor to it. Yeah,
1: no, there really Winter is, Skulls though. <laughs> Falcon
0: and
1: Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's... They're in a really weird spot, especially now, considering the impact of, you know, like, the writer's strike and the actor's strike, and... It's not surprising that they... And, you know, obviously, the controversy with Jonathan Majors, where they were setting him up to be, like, the next big bad for probably ten years, and his off-screen issues... Yeah, they're in a really strange spot with the direction that they certainly intended for this to go, so it makes sense that you'd go back to that well and be like, all right, time to reassemble the OGs and let's see how things go. You know, something else that's kind of done them in is I've heard they've gotten away
0: from this, and it's very obvious, but I knew about it before. But where characters would appear in other movies, even if it was like a brief cameo, it was still like, hey, I'm relevant. I'm right here, and they don't have that really anymore. Like, when's the last time you saw Moon Knight? Is he going to be a part of the Avengers? It's been like two years since we've seen
1: him. Yeah, Moon Knight was pretty good.
0: I yeah, just but reminded I mean, me he,
1: that that existed to, though. To be honest,
0: yeah, but I mean, if he's a part of the Avengers, then like, like he hasn't been around in two years. You know, it's like let's think of it in family terms. Hey, Dad hasn't been around in
1: two years, but all of a sudden he's going to be... He said away. he was going out to get a pack oh. of smokes, right? What do you want?
0: Yeah, Now he's a part of the family? Get out of here. <laughs> get out. He'll be back any minute. Yeah. Yeah, in two years. Um, but yeah, that's, I think they've done themselves a disservice by changing the fact that they're not signing them to longer contracts. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Black Panther, I guess she'll be in that
1: yeah so hey. we've answered our own question but i don't think we've made ourselves very excited for what that version of the avengers is going to be we don't even know who's in it yeah we kind of we named off about 10 people so a yeah few. but are they gonna put them all in it
0: and then no, when maybe. you see it, it's gonna be a bunch of b characters we're like oh yeah i remember this person they were kind of like a backup because they were just trying to um pretty much keep the same character but just a different person. Like the Hawkeye. Uh I forget her last name, but Kate from Hawkeye. She's gonna be taking over Hawkeye. And then Thor, um in the movie Thor,
1: the last one, um
2: his daughter. <laughs> I would, I
0: would love
1: whatever. to to be on the movie poster. Yeah, I was just Thor, they're, Thor they're, the movie, the last one. <laughs> It should have been the last one but yeah. I forgot.
0: <laughs> well, I think Ragnarok was pretty good. I think they just went too stupid this time. I I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while. And then I see they're repackaging something they just did recently. As Werewolf by Night, uh, the majority of that movie was in black and white. And now they're doing it in color. Oh. In their Yeah. I mean, they brought it
1: I, up to modern standards.
0: I mean, I thought that was actually a pretty good uh, Werewolf by Night. I found that quite interesting. And I would probably go watch it color, but I mean, is that really adding anything?
1: Well, Ryan, they're adding more than two colors. So you tell me. Yeah, I can tell you. We've spent too much
0: time on this. Marvel (laughs) is going down the drain, so they need to figure it out.
1: Yeah, the, when you hear something like this it makes sense, but it also, it's indicative of the state that they find themselves in where I think that they look they had a great run they were they were the biggest franchise and people are just a little bit tired of it now
0: Yeah, I and I think just- people will look back on it fondly like kids in the future will be like oh man, when all the superhero movies were coming out you guys are so lucky but, you know, we're living in yeah. the moment that's over the years and it's just like yeah well we were lucky but it just kind of ran out of steam
1: they need to take a page out of the Star Wars book and just stop for like five years and then when they come back everyone's like oh fuck yeah Star Wars and then when you get more of them you're like (laughs) ah but that first one whenever it does come back after a break people are like hell yeah fully back in this is great they they, gave them too much too much at once (laughs)
0: Let me throw this your way. So let's say we take a hard break and we're done for five years. We come back, let's say we reboot it, and let's say there's a trilogy that they're trying to make and there is like five characters and they're like, you know, the superheroes or whatever, and they start building a story around them and you know, then it's like a trilogy. Would that be okay to you? Versus like standalone movies, and then eventually a team up movie.
1: I don't think we need. I think if you make standalone movies now, they shouldn't serve the purpose of introducing someone to, so that they can join, a bigger universe. Just be like, this is a standalone movie. Maybe it's the only one we make for this character. I, 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 I think that. Marvel obviously created the formula for that big shared universe and now big shared multiverse. But it is just groaning under its own weight at this point between having to keep up with all of the TV shows that they are just they were cranking out for the longest time and then trying to feed that back into the movie's. And the storylines where you were like, oh, well, you're going to miss something if you go to see this at the theater and you haven't watched this show and this show and this episode of this other show where this character makes a cameo and they get it's just like. It becomes homework at that point.
2: It's It's mine.
1: It's not fun. It's just it's too much.
0: But it was so, fun back in the day whenever you're like, oh yeah, I gotta go back and it, watch this. Didn't
1: it was it... fun back in the day, but when you look at two to three movies per year as opposed to now where it's two to three to four movies per year plus five to six TV shows per year as well. That's oversaturation. So, so much. <laughs> it's so fucking much.
0: Yeah, it's oversaturation.
1: Yeah. Anyways, Marvel's dead. You heard it here. Uh, they'll never make another good movie again. They'll never make <laughs> money again, uh, yeah. and I'll yeah. never be proven wrong about that. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I think that their biggest
0: days are behind them. For this go of it, I don't think that they'll recover from or get back to where they were.
1: I don't think so. I, but you know. <laughs> It's it's one of those things where they they had a really good run at it, and I think that their time is passed a little bit. Now, that's not to say that they're not going to make money anymore because they obviously are. But I, I don't think that. Um, it's not going to be I don't think we're going to have another um, Infinity War and endgame moment, but it's difficult because, you know, they were building for that towards that for 10, 11 years. It's earned. Yeah. People were invested. They were long from the ride from the beginning. It doesn't and everything seem. Was kind of new. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem earned anymore when it's so clear that, oh, when you are laying all the foundation for it in all these different TV shows that you're trying to feed back into the movies and then build a new cast of people, that people just aren't as invested in because they're kind of tired of this genre. And also, some of the actors and the characters, they're just. Not as interesting. I hate to say it, but they're just not.
0: Well, in some mm-hmm. cases, I think they found that nostalgia is also one of their big um, selling points. You know, like Spider-Man, or if they went back to going uh, to like the original OGs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly why they're doing it. Yeah, um, I, you know, it's worked before. Yeah. So. I think that we'll put a pin in that for now. No more Marvel talk, uh, and we won't need to talk about any more reboots or characters that have been through different versions. Um, that talk is done for this week. Ryan, I've been playing Spider-Man Two a lot. <laughs> yeah, you sent me a text you're like, "This is the greatest movie or video game ever," and I was like, oh, "I
0: don't have a PS Five. I have a family who has a child."
1: Oh. Ugh. <laughs> get you one of them slims that are out with them big holiday bundles now. I know um, I thought about it it's um it's the best one they've made so far. I'll definitely say that um without g- I don't want to give away too many spoilers. I think if you've played either one of these games, you know what to expect. It's just bigger and frankly better than what would the first you say two
0: bigger? Games only difference is another island
1: the the difference is that sandman is really really big no i've seen that i
0: saw the uh <laughs> fight for that and i thought that was kind of interesting
1: yeah it's obviously like video all most video games look really really good now and that's kind of the thing that is i'm trying to remind myself of is that You know, all games look great, but it's this kind of scale of stuff that they're able to accomplish now on some of this newer hardware that they're really trying to show off. And especially just like the amount of like how quick the fast travel is in this and the traversal in general where they've, you know, we have Manhattan and now we have parts of Brooklyn and Queens that you can go to. And just the fact that you can leave Manhattan in a Spider-Man game for the first time feels like you're going to a different world when you're on the other side of of the river it you know you're just like oh my god it's a totally different new york over here it's not but (laughs) it feels like it just being it because i I remember trying to swing across the bridge in the first game and it literally just get text that says turn around you can't go over here and that made me feel bad but now i can (laughs)
2: Um, you live
0: the and,
1: life, Jake. You do you? Yeah. It's.
0: But uh, you can. Fall damage now, and then swinging, you could turn off the swinging assist. Those are just the two things that I know were different.
1: Yeah. Um, it And the. I didn't realize how much I would like the. the For traversal, the web wings and how useful those are in a lot of circumstances. Um, they've also added in these artificial, like, wind tunnels. Uh, so basically that, that just like in a real city with tall buildings, the way that the wind blows through the buildings, it creates these wind tunnels that are really fun to ride in, where sometimes you're swinging and then you glide and then you get a big updraft that shoots you like a thousand feet in the air. And it's really fucking cool when it happens. And, you know, it just... Those first two games, they absolutely they nailed the feeling of being Spider-Man, and you know a game is good when just going from point A to point B is fun to do. And that it, 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 it absolutely retained that. But I think that um the story is 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 decently balanced between Peter and Miles and some there's some like kind of cringy, annoying dialogue where they've made Peter Parker a little bit more f- fucking annoying <laughs> than I remember him being him. in the the first game, where he just says some really cheesy bullshit. I think <laughs> that's <laughs> like kind he of break, he breaks up a um an arms deal and says something like, "Why are you doing a gun club when you can have like." A compliments club or something, because compliments don't hurt people. And I was just like, "Oh my god, that was so lame. Why did they like? How did that make it past like multiple writers and get handed to the voice actor? And he's standing. I that was definitely a moment where I was thinking of the poor guy that's sitting in the booth that's got to say this, and he's like, "Oh, fucking what? Really? Seriously? Yeah. Um, he just- Long as he gets paid yeah but still you're just like hey don't sell guns you should have compliment oh man, it's bad anyways he's his character is is fine i've i've kind of always preferred miles morales i think the voice actor is maybe a little bit better just because he's done the character for so fucking long between all of the the tv shows and the animated movies and now the games. Um, but he's also like the biggest uh like the biggest Boy Scout. And I think that the way that they test him in this game to kind of show that, you know, he's like the perfect kid. And they're giving him like some more moments of hesitation to where there's some more morally ambiguous choices. Um and the way that they bring back some of the some of the villains from um the first two games in some interesting ways, you get a little bit of Mr. Negative action. Um, and as you may remember, or yeah, like I completely forgot, uh Miles' dad was killed by Mr. Negative. And so he's they've got some uh they've got some beef. Of course, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Martin Lee doesn't know who Miles is, but Miles knows exactly who this motherfucker is. Yeah, he's and he's hot. not happy about the fact that he's on basically on the loose again, so um but the big the big bad in this, or at least for the first two acts of the story, is uh Mr. Sergei Kravenov, aka Kraven the hunter. And um his his crew of uh South African people with all of their crazy accents are uh really kind of they're a pain in the ass to fight sometimes. <laughs> they really are. Um but I, I like how just this game in general it's so much it's so much snappier like all of the little like random encounters that pop up are so fast and the side stuff is so contained it doesn't feel like there's a million fucking things to do like you can just say all right i'm gonna go this main story bit and i'm just gonna tackle anything that kind of pops up along the way and you can swing in you can do like two, three different things in five minutes and then get onto the next main story bit and not feel like you're just, you know, cruising around wasting time or, or dicking around and it's, I really appreciate that. It's not a game that tries to waste your time in any sort of way and even the main story itself is not super, super long um, but uh, Symbiotes, Venom is also in this game and you start with uh, this is Spoiler. Harry Osborne has the symbiote. It's basically keeping him alive because he had like cancer or some shit before. Uh, so he's like kind of your other sidekick. Um, and then there's a point in the story where the symbiote goes from Harry to uh, Peter. And the powers and stuff are really, really fun. They're really kind of overpowered. So you don't have that symbiote suit for all that long before another thing happens and maybe it goes back to Harry Osborn and now he's fully fledged hulked out Venom tearing up the city and you get to play as him for just a little bit and that particular section is pretty fucking sick.
2: Wait, um, who is Venom?
1: Harry Osborn. Harry Osborn's Venom? Yeah, he's not. There's no Green Goblin as of yet. Uh, so what? he's he's Venom in this game.
3: Huh.
1: That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's and um, you, the main story bit, like the whole the whole thing is that the way that that thing takes over you makes you basically turn into a a, a huge jerk. And uh, I've just got past the part where uh, Peter was really hulking out and turning into like this feral beast the way that he was fighting and that is the the props i will give to the voice actor for that where he really was giving it his all to where there is a <laughs> there's a point in the main story to where there's a showdown where he's got to ditch the the venom suit because it's taking over his brain <laughs> and making him act crazy and uh he really good performance great like um sound effects and editing that whole bit was just like, oh, this is really, really good stuff. So I hope I didn't spoil too much with, with that. But this game is, is so much fun. Probably a contender for my game of the year as of right now, just because it's exactly what I wanted at you know this time. And it also really makes me like, um, you know, like big, expensive games can also be like shorter and that's fine like the, everything that's here is pretty much exactly how long i'd want it to be and i'm sure i'll probably finish up the main story and stuff in the next week or so and it's it's just great it's been really really nice comfort food to just kind of sink into and it's a it's a wonderful game it's very very fun big recommend um, from me
0: and this is also the, like one of the fastest selling games for sony ever yeah there there's a
1: few fast few news points for sure but they they're they're tearing up tearing up some records and it it makes it makes total sense and Insomniac they are killing it in this generation between Spider-Man Spider-Man Remastered Miles Morales Ratchet and Clank and now Spider-Man 2 they are they have absolutely figured out how to develop you know really really polished games that are completely optimized for you know, the Sony hardware and they're really pushing the limits of like what this thing can do. And it, it's really cool to see because there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you maybe don't appreciate that they just it like this game could not run on an older console. And it, it's cool to see something like that that really is just kind of going for it. And maybe it's some if I went back and tried to play like the first one, I'm sure I might notice what's not there now. But when you're playing it, you're just like, oh, this is fucking sick. Like they're (laughs) these huge set pieces, these huge boss fights and this gigantic landmass with all of these people and buildings and the lighting and the reflections. It's gorgeous. It's so fast and fluid and just on top of that, really fun. Probably most importantly, it's just a really, really fun game to play with one of my favorite uh, combat systems, which is just absolutely so well finely tuned. I love the balance. My favorite Spider-Man or favorite suit? Their favorite suit. Ooh. Um, Well, good news for you, Ryan. The Spider-Punk suit is in this game. I just got it. I didn't
0: see that recently. (laughs) Um... There's like four versions of it, right? The color, it's the same setup, but it's just different color schemes.
1: Yeah, that's a big difference is that you have, there's more suits in this. Some of them brand new, some of them returning from the first game. Um, and But there's a lot more like palette swapped versions. Like just, there's like four different color variations of pretty much every suit, except for like the Sam Raimi one, because some of Miles' suits have like some one-off ones too. Um, I think the symbiote suit, was my favorite just it looks so like weird and greasy visually but also having the symbiote powers is really cool but even if you you know were wearing a different suit you still had the symbiote powers until you get to the point in the story where you don't have those anymore <laughs> um so that that was you know really fun miles has some really cool ones too which i haven't seen before he's got um i'm blanking on the names of some of them but he's got he had some in the last game that i wasn't crazy about um, oh, yeah. And I, <laughs> I think the default one of his is is really good, but some of the other variations weren't. Um, but he's got a lot of really cool ones in this, which I I really appreciate. <laughs> uh, and certain ones that look really cool in like, um, you know, like different lighting conditions, different time of day. So they, it's just, it's great. It's really fun. <laughs> really, really fun game.
0: Um, And then you said you uh, unlocked the Spider Punk one. Just got to know two things. Um, Did you have to do any kind of transactions, or is it just you get so far through the game and then that
1: unlocks? Um, Every time you do like random encounters, there's like different kinds of currencies that you unlock. There's like hero tokens and tech parts, and you get different things for doing different things. So some of them, it's like a like a little small fucking puzzle. You've got these different like challenges and other things. So you get different things for doing different activities, but no, you don't have, it's none of it is like you have to pay for. There's a digital deluxe version, which might have some small things locked behind that. That's like a $10 add on, which I did not do. I never, <laughs> I never pay extra for cosmetics like that, but no, there's, I think there's at least like, 20 to 25 suits per character, and that's just different designs. That's not even counting the different color variations of pretty much all of them. So, there's roughly 100 possibly between maybe not that many. I think there's probably oh, maybe total, yeah, yeah, there's a ton, there's a ton in it. So, maybe close to that. And I, I didn't even mention like the they have they each have their own like skill tree that you can level up, and they have one that that you can level up that applies to both of them. And then there's one that applies to each Peter and miles separately. And, you know, sometimes you'll just, you'll play through one as a bit and then the main story will take you to another one. But for the most part, you can kind of switch between each character on the fly. Like they, they'll each have their own main story bits and side story bits, but you know, it's, it's just kind of it's cool and it's it's really well done and I think it's it's decently paced between those those two characters and it's the story has picked up to a point to where I'm almost only doing the main story stuff because it's that good that I actually just want to see what happens next <laughs> and I'm skipping a lot of that side stuff and just swing into the next thing so it's it's really cool it's it's very good and it's definitely it's the they've taken the best things from Spider-Man one and from the Miles Morales one and just you know, put them together in a, a great package. You Nobody know, hey, packages, don't you, Ryan? <laughs>
0: I, I love packages. Yes. <laughs> all my life. I just, all the packages. Um, <laughs> I will eventually get a PS five and I will get this game. Probably the greatest hits. Um, that that's the plan. So I do look forward to that game. I think to, um, I need to go back and finish the Miles Morales game, but the more I think about it, I'm like, uh, maybe I should go back and play the Spider-Man game too. So at some point, I think that I will go through all that again.
1: Yeah, and then I I'll go back to the new one. They're both they're both really really good. Um, and if anyone hasn't played either of those and you're thinking about playing this, at least watch like a YouTube video or something to catch you up on the story because it picks up right where those other two left off so you will probably be a bit confused <laughs> if you haven't played those and you jump in I know I played both of them and I was still confused because it would just been a while so it's very very story heavy in the beginning and I was uh, admittedly a little bit lost and then I went back and had to watch a catch up video to be like oh okay yeah that is right that did happen On <laughs> um, this yes. kingpin
0: uh, appearance in this
1: I uh, haven't seen him yet. Interesting. I just wonder,
0: because he was such an intricate part of the last one. He was like the first person you fight and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, I will say that this has got a much better introduction to where I remember Kingpin. The first game, you start fighting Kingpin in like a bank or something. This, Yeah, you start all the levels. Yeah, this you start on in Brooklyn to have to swing across town to manhattan to fight sandman and it's a much more like grand and cinematic opening and it's got a lot more to, to do than just fight some guys with guns in like a bank and stop a bank robbery
0: <laughs> did uh, you have to do any of those things the uh, puzzles that you absolutely hated
1: <laughs> well ryan you will be Happy to know that they replaced them with something more irritating, actually <laughs> What was that? So the ones that I really hated were it was wasn't it like you had these puzzles where it was like you had to reroute electricity or some shit and movies oh, like yeah, pieces
0: that around. Was like the beginning, but there was also like you had to put the DNA strands together to match them up.
1: Okay, so there's something very similar to this where you are decoding molecules to figure out to like run these like serums or something. So it's not like DNA strands, but you've got like corrupted molecules and you've got to go in and remove the corruption. And it's basically <laughs> you click on one and then everything around it explodes and you've got to figure out how to isolate that. And it basically amounts to me clicking one, seeing everything explode, hitting, like, the back button, and then doing it all over again until I... It's, it's not quite as... It's not quite as irritating, but it really does... Um, it kills the momentum, but it, it's one of the opportunities where they do some cool, like, controller stuff. Um, just the little haptic feedbacks and stuff make it a little bit less... It makes it a little bit less annoying, a little bit more engaging kind of like how they had the towers that you unlocked for the map in the first one. And here you have to balance um similar sort of thing, but you do it. You balance like a radio signal, uh, but you do it with the triggers. And since the PS five has the, like a, adaptive triggers that can change the amount of resistance when you push them in mm. doing that, and figure out the amount of force you need to like balance it. And then when it does it, like, they go all the way down to zero and they go like, Phew. that feels kind of cool. Again, we're talking about something that lasts for like 10 seconds. Um, but just kind of, kind of a neat thing that makes it a little bit more immersive and a little bit less annoying, but it's still like, doesn't need to be
0: in there. It's like having the,
1: sex, you know, you just make
0: that sound like whenever you mm-hmm. finish and then you're like, Oh, 10 seconds. This is yeah. uh par the for the The record course. The new record. <laughs> Damn,
2: <laughs> got you by two seconds, brother. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Get there eventually. Uh,
1: but yeah, it's, uh, again, a good game. I, oh. I don't think I'm making a controversial statement by saying that.
0: <laughs> definitely be checking that out because I thought the first one was really good. I never finished playing the second one just because I felt like it was more of the same. Um, maybe I just needed a longer break than I gave it opportunity for. Um, so yeah, I definitely think I will go back and maybe try to finish Miles first. I'll probably try to finish Miles first since I have not finished it yet.
1: Yeah, it's, I think I feel the same way too, where it's been a long enough of a break to where I was ready for it again. I think when Miles Morales came out, I was... I think I was just annoyed that I didn't get a PS5 at the time. So playing it on the four, I was like, this isn't like this story. I liked better, but it wasn't different enough to be like, oh, I want to do this for 30 more hours. I'm like, I'm glad that this is like a shorter, like more focused version. And I was, I was happy about that. And you didn't want to play like those peasants on the PS4.
0: You wanted to work your way up to the PS5.
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so i've i think i've played miles morales twice so i've never went back to the original um first one even though that was the reason why i got a ps4 in the first place Yeah. and now look at me i've got all three fucking consoles fucking baller i'm like thanos gathering all the infinity stones over here Speaking of that, you know, like Microsoft is like taking
0: up all the ones that I really love. They got Tony Hawk and they got, um, cause they bought Activision, right? Got Tony Hawk and like it's possible that they may do like a Sly Cooper, Jack and Dexter thing. Man, what a wild time.
1: It is a wild time. I've, um, I've liked, I've liked my Xbox so far, but, um, although I will say I hit a point where I realized my controller died, and I was I just plugged it into recharge, and nothing happened, and I was like, Oh no, it's just fucking double A batteries that are in here,
0: which blows my mind that some places are still using double a
1: it's twenty twenty three and I'm like, "Why the fuck are there only batteries in here? But like now, get granted. PS5 controller does not have batteries in it and its battery life is fucking shit. <laughs> that thing I have to recharge it like it maybe gets 4 hours of battery life which is not great. <laughs> I mean you can just if you sit close enough you can just
0: charge it while you play. I would never.
1: <laughs> How dare anybody suggest <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> I guess I could just buy an extra long um, USB-C cable, but I won't. <laughs> I'll just no, complain. What am I supposed to do? Play one of my other two consoles while I wait for that to charge? No, who do you think I am? Clint <laughs> Harrington? <laughs> what was your name at the start of this one? Keith Beefqueef. Queef. Uh, Keith. <laughs> so is it Keith, Keith, Keith Beef Queef? Like hyphenated Keith. or Keith Beef? Queef.
0: I don't know. You just you put all three together and it has a ring to it. Yeah, I like it.
1: We we really got to the bottom of that one. Yes, thank um, you. <laughs> it's been a little bit longer on that than I wanted, but um, we've also both of us for the first time in a while we've watched a complete um, TV TV series together. Oh yeah, we did that. Too. Halloween, the the uh, hollow, the hollow holiday, the holiday. God damn it! Halloween holiday that it isn't anymore because it's November second. Um, so, <laughs> uh, we watched Netflix's Fall of the House Fall. The what did we watch, Ryan?
0: <laughs> the fall of the House of Usher. Um, yeah, or that show. Say- say, The Fall of Usher, people were thinking like, oh, what happened to Usher? Is it the same thing as like R. Kelly? Which I have said out in front of people. (laughs) I was like, oh, The Fall of Usher. And they're like, what, you mean
1: Usher's in trouble like R. Kelly? Well, luckily there's no child dungeons in this show, at least. But there is some plenty of uh, fucked up things going on. Um, Can I give an amen? This is a Another Mike Flanagan Netflix joint. Um, uh-huh. And I have really enjoyed most of the things that he made outside of Bly Manor. That one was bad, but the Hill House. Well, midnight Club wasn't that great. Midnight Mass?
0: Yeah, there was a Midnight Club. It was a bunch of kids who had terminal illnesses, and they all got together and like would talk about stuff.
1: Oh, like, that was uh, him too? Yeah. I watched a we... couple episodes of that. I did not enjoy it very much.
0: Yeah, uh, we just watched I, because I've enjoyed his stuff. We watched um, Gerald's Game, yeah, um, which is based off like a Stephen King book. Basically, there's this lady who is trying. Her and her husband are trying to make things work in their relationship. So they're kind of rich and a little more upscale, and they go to like some kind of house, like. Like vacation home, and then, like, he's trying to have sex with her. But whenever he has sex with her, um, he's trying to do it in a rapey way. And she's like, No, that's not cool. Having a heart attack. And it's about her trying to get out of the situation that she's involved in, being handcuffed to the headboard. Mm. Her overcoming some strife that she had when she was younger. It's it's a big mental kind of thing. It's very different from him, but it also has some of those elements of like strangeness and like monsters. There's like one monster in it.
1: He mm. also did that movie with his wife, the one where she's deaf and there was a guy trying to break in the house. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was Hush. Hush. And Hush then he did. Doom.
0: Uh, Ouija, the second one, I think it was called the like the origin or whatever. That was really
1: good. Yeah, that I, really I think his, stuff. his track record is more positive than negative, I'd say mostly pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely something that I look forward to seeing. Um, every year, whenever you know Halloween rolls around, I'm ready for the yeah. next Mike Flanagan
1: thing. Yeah, and this, I think, was one of the better things that I've watched this year, to be perfectly honest, aside from some kind of ridiculous parts. I, th- I think... Sorry, go ahead. I
0: was just agreeing
1: with you. I was like, yeah, that's
0: totally the same. They were ridiculous parts. I would say this is easily top three. I would almost say that it could be number one, number two for me as well. Like, wow. the whole show. Well, you got The Haunting of Hill House, Midnight Mass, and then this. And I feel like Midnight Mass was, like, a slow burn, uh, which made, like, some of the crazy shit, whenever it happened, like, the payoff. Um,
1: but it took a while to get there. I feel like this it, one jumped yeah. into action kind of immediately. It really does. And I think that... Yeah, so so obvi- if if you don't know, those of you don't know, this is... Um, Based kind of loosely on the works of Edgar Allan Poe to where the overall story, basically it's, it takes the fall of the house of Usher, which is an older story and brings it up to modern day standards. And then each individual episode has story beats from a different Edgar Allan Poe story, like the telltale heart. And, um, let me pull up the episode list just so that I can rattle all of these off real quick. but one of the things that I, I really enjoyed about about this show was um just that growing sense of of dread and i think that it that's something that it absolutely nails and was far more interesting to me than some of the just absolutely <laughs> gruesome some of the death scenes i think that um we we talked earlier about The end of the ending of episode two, The Mask of the Red Death, was one of the grossest, most horrific things that I think I've ever watched. And uh, that death scene goes on for a long, long time. (laughs) And I put it right up there with uh, the jaw scene, car crash scene from Brightburn in terms of things that are hard to watch and listen to.
0: You know, it did not affect me the same way. We watched it, and I waited for it to happen. I was like, oh, God. I'm waiting for it. And I think we got to really? the last And whenever he turned on the thing, I was like, oh, this is probably what it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be, like, this thing. It's probably gonna be, like, some kind of acid or something. Because, I mean, that ultimately that's what it was, but, I mean... Because they were talking about it earlier. <laughs> it. Yeah, and I was kind of expecting it, and, like... You know, last 10 minutes, you're just waiting for midnight, really, uh, for them to turn on that stuff. And then, like, I called her Death. Um, I, that's what we ended up calling. Um, I don't know what they call. What was, what was the character's name that
1: uh, was, like, the antagonist? The main lady? I don't know if she ever had... Did she ever name herself? No, we just called her
0: Death. Um, she popped up from time to time. Oh, uh, well in every episode. And basically she was, whenever you saw her, you knew some shit was about to go
1: down. Yes. So, and it wouldn't be good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say also kind of to preface this, all this is I think that Mike Flanagan's got to that part, wherever he's like, comes up with just some random idea. And it was like, yeah, that'd be kind of a fun idea. Like what if we took all the Edgar Allen Poe, uh, books and kind of somehow forged them into
1: one kind of story.
0: Yeah, and then like even kind of like put the um, the poems in there too, and like different parts
1: of the poems to the point and where I, certain characters will just monologue for a little bit, and you're like, "Oh, uh, what is this about?" And you're like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> then you remind yourself what you're watching. <laughs> Yeah, I
0: will say I know you thought some of the dialogues went long, um, but there were some things that different characters would say and who had it. It wasn't like every character had like there wasn't one specific character it had like great monologue the whole time. It was like different people had different speeches that they gave that were very good and like interesting and like definitely thought provoking. I I really enjoyed it. it this. Mike Flanagan, I think he's more cerebral um, with his writings. It isn't like something that's campy, though. Some of the stuff was campy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't like. It just, it was smart.
1: Yeah. So the the episode listing uh, of this, uh, and again, all these are different post stories of different lengths, but uh, a Midnight Jury. Mask of the Red Death, Murder in the Rue Morgue, The Black Cat, Telltale Heart, Gold Bug, The Pit in the Pendulum, and of course, we finish with The Raven. Um, probably one of his, probably, probably his most famous one. I would, I would say. Oh, and then you... say for the end, yeah. It's yeah. like uh, whenever you play music,
0: you always play like your big hits, like for the encore.
1: And uh, they also snuck in the cask of Amontillado, um, which the only thing I remember uh, about that one was them bricking up a guy in the wall. And when I saw mm-hmm. uh, them with that bottle of wine, I was like, "Oh, I know what's about to happen soon."
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember sure enough they did.
0: <laughs> I remember reading that story as a kid, and I was like, "Wow, that's terrible! Like that really kind of fucked me up to think they're bricking up some drunk guy." Who's dressed as a jester.
1: Yeah, and it turns out, watching it, also pretty fucked up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, except in my older age, I was like, well, this guy's kind of a fucker, so fuck him. Yeah, he really did deserve it. (laughs) He reminded me of the dad from Talladega Nights a little bit. (laughs) I don't know if he gave you that vibe, but like the actor...
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I could see that. The, also, when they put the last brick in and he shouted, Applebee's has rats, that really did take me out of it a little bit.
0: sound. <laughs> <laughs> kind of <red>, <laughs> I was kind of yeah.
1: expecting that the whole
0: time that that was going to be, because I knew something was going to happen to him because he was too much of an intricate part in the flashbacks for him to just be, you know, kind of written off. And I was like, whenever um, the main character went to go talk, To the brick wall, I was like, "Oh, I bet he's hidden behind there." Because I also remember that story where they were
1: breaking up. If I'm if I'm honest, I was too stupid to to clock that up until the last episode, where I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." (laughs) <laughs> no wonder he was down there in the basement staring at the wall, but there was so much like other weird fucked up shit going on, and the guy, our main character Roger usher, he has they've noted that he has dementia too, mm-hmm. so there was a part of me that was like, "Oh, what if this whole thing was some weird fucking hallucination at the same time? It's not <laughs> there is some real actual supernatural shit going on, so you know basically the the overall story is that they are this big, powerful family that own and control this pharmaceutical company, and one by one, Roderick's kids start dying in horrific, mysterious circumstances, and they're all tied to this to one order. woman in mm-hmm. back with order of their birth did you notice that yes i did I did notice that too very good point. The youngest dies first up until uh, I guess he's the last one to go up in the the last episode. I mean, what? <laughs> it's not really a spoiler. <laughs> Obviously, that he's he's the main character, and the way that this story is told is kind of it's him basically giving a confessional to this detective, not detective. He's a um, like prosecutor that's been trying to tried to work with him in the past. Roderick betrays him in the past, and now he's basically giving this uh long confessional to him um over the course of like this one dark and dreary night where he's telling basically how all of his kids died and it, this this showed us such a good job of just building up this sense of immense like just you can always tell when something is about to happen and oftentimes, the, the thing that happens is not really that bad or maybe even that scary, but the way that it makes you feel when you're just waiting for it to happen was the thing that freaked me out more than any of the sometimes gross, violent, or even like just goofy stuff like the, the cat. <laughs> that one was one of the ones I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What about all yeah.
0: the people falling from the sky whenever they are like, Oh, you made it in my top like five of people who have died? Here is some terrible CGI. That looked really bad. <laughs> it did. And I, the imagery, I get it, and that could have been cool. Um, but it did look bad. But they did it so quickly in the background that it was like kind of made made it not as bad, but it was terrible.
1: It looked it looked worse <laughs> than a video game. That part did. It looked really fucking goofy to where it took me out of it a little bit. Where I would have been I would have been happy if they just had one like quick shot of that. But the fact that they're talking for like five minutes while you've got these like Windows 98 looking naked bodies falling in the background was kind of distracting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of a little dumb. They tried to really obscure it too
1: during the rain outside. Yeah, um, that wasn't my wasn't my favorite part. Yeah, This this whole thing like it, it, it is it, it's funny to talk about some of the goofy parts like and I guess we can kind of spoil a, a little little bits and pieces of it because like the bit in the very end where he was like oh, the AI chatbot that's actually my granddaughter where the whole through the whole thing where he's telling the story he's like, is that your granddaughter you need to answer that? And he's like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, that was kind of dumb. Any
0: scenes that were jarring to you? Because the scene that was most jarring to me was whenever um the glass behind him exploded.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's kind laughs> that one really movie. got me. I'd say the, the most jarring ones for me... Um, I think the mother... Showing up in the first episode, like in the background, where he's like, She's already here, or whatever. That one kind of freaked me out a little bit. The end of the second episode, where you've got the um, you have the orgy in the abandoned like factory, and they turn on the sprinklers and instead of water, it's like acid that's pouring out onto everybody, was pretty fucking horrific. Um, the Telltale Heart episode also one that really that was a really slow burn up until the end and I was like oh my fucking god like the
0: well, end I, of that one really uh, the the black um lady
1: victorine yeah
0: yeah that was that was pretty crazy that did take a while to get there but whenever she got there then you saw like the dead body of
1: her girlfriend you're like what yeah and that was kind of like in the story where they hear this really um this it's the in the story it's like the beating of a dead heart that gets louder and louder and louder it's Your consciousness um, yeah it's your conscious getting back at you this was just like an annoying sound that she heard that nobody else could hear until it, it literally drove her fucking insane <laughs> And she wound up killing her, killing a girlfriend. And then, yeah, there's that whole subplot with like the the heart mesh thing that they were trying to make that she was um, faking. So basically they were doing trials on chimpanzees that were not actually working. And she was having to, uh, well, the chimpanzees were dying and she was like dismembering them and carrying them out in her purse which is really fucked up and dark on top of the things she winds up doing you know to her own girlfriend slash doctor who was like the main lead of the clinical trial they were doing there's just so much going on in this like the- I really
0: enjoy the fact that they keep bringing back the same people to come play it's like Adam Sandler you're always looking for those people who are in the old movies but are in the
1: new movies um, I, really- I enjoy that I really liked it. Uh, they're just they're so well used. Like there was the Mike Flanagan's wife who was um like the she was like the one that was in control of like the uh, the media stuff for the company that she had the assistance to where they were having to do like all the like grunt work for her during the day and then they had to do like mandatory threesomes at night.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought about that and I was like, oh well that would be cool, I guess. And then you think about it, like what if she she got in one scene she's like I'm just gonna starfish here you guys do your thing, and I was like <laughs> like on her period or if she was like not wanting to wash or something like that you know like and if there's jobs like that available in the real world do you, you really
1: have you really have thought of everything same thing with the the oldest daughter too where she was um, she had she was always having like her husband do these like there were like whole plays or scenarios and and stuff that that was weird I was trying to figure that shit out when she in her death scene where the death lady shows up, she was like, he couldn't admit, he ate a lot of ass for you. (laughs) That part made me laugh a little bit. (laughs) He ate a lot of ass for you. When did that happen? When she was chasing through the house with the fire poker and she was smashing all the mirrors like a fucking idiot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Whenever she jumped up and smashed that last mirror, I know we talked about that off record, but whenever she did that, I was like, why would you do that? And then like, died. And it seems like the lady, the antagonist, death. Whenever she gave people opportunities, she's like, "It shouldn't be like this for you." But everybody's always like so bullheaded that they wanted to pursue
1: death in their own way. Yeah, and so basically, both through both of our, I, it's kind of three timelines are going on here. You get this sense that basically every single person in this family is a bad person except for the granddaughter who dies at the very end kind of. She didn't deserve it. She was maybe the only like decent person, maybe the mom uh that got the acid burns, like you know, maybe she was just trying to go to an orgy one time and she definitely paid the price for it. Um uh, yeah. but and paid the price, you know. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, like it's there's just that I this show really is it's well made, it's well written. There's some silly parts in it for sure, but it's captivating. It's, I will say I was like waiting to see what's going to happen on the next thing. There's not a single part or not a single time that I watched this where I was just bored. And I think that that was maybe one of the the downsides to Midnight Mass was that it didn't do enough episode to episode to kind of keep you engaged. You know, you knew it was building something because, of course, it is. But it took a long time to get there. And this was just I think it just sources from the Edgar Allan Poe material so well you kind of have an idea what's going to happen but when you watch how it plays out it's still kind of surprising like to where you know how it's going to end but it's kind of fun to see how they reverse engineered how you get there and how they folded into this, this larger story and we haven't even talked about Mark Hamill crazy uh, lawyer
0: Yeah, I will say uh, before we get there I think that going from start to end on people's lives I think that's what made that very engaging is the fact that you were kind of stuck with a particular character um who had like a different personality. Obviously all were spoiled brats and sucked um but like just their routes to get from the start to the finish was captivating. Where Midnight Mass was just kind of like um it wasn't like arcs for one individual character. It was like, you know, over the whole
1: show. Yeah. I forgot about this, but the the young Roderick Usher in this is the same guy who was the main character in Midnight Mass that bursts into flames. Yeah. I completely forgot. I was like, oh, good job. They stuck some sideburns on that guy, and I completely didn't recognize him for a while. Yeah,
0: I recognized him. And I, I also had looked that up because I knew that was going to be the thing going in. Um, one thing that I will say is the girl who plays Brokeneck Girl in uh,
1: Haunting of Hill House, she's not in there. No, she's not. Uh, and also, Love from uh, You, uh-huh. season two and three. All her yeah, Netflix had ran
0: out, so I think that's what seen her in yeah. anything. She, was-
1: but a lot of. Um, a lot of returning characters that you're going to uh, recognize. And they're all, I think they're all great. They all really are bad people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, It's it's weird to see. um, I don't know what his name is, but um, before he in midnight mass, he played the Muslim guy, the cop.
1: Yes. And he was the Butler in Bly Manor. Yes, right? I really like him. Different to see him as, like...
0: He wasn't necessarily a bad guy. I almost felt like he was still kind of a good guy. Um, but I like him better whenever he's, like... I think people who act a certain way, uh, whenever they betray a character, it's more towards that. they better at that than, like, trying someone different. Unless they're, like, an absolute great actor. Like, you know, crazy good. Um, I feel like he's a good guy. And this was not my favorite version of him. But at the same time, I thought he did a great job. I also think that um, Rahul Cawley is his the actor's name. Yeah, I think he does a great job. Every time yeah. he's been in any of those, I thought he's... Any of the Mike Flanagan things thought he was great. also thought... Well, I think her name's Katie uh, Seagal. Um, she is oh, Mike yeah. Flanagan's wife. I thought her character was great, too. I yes. really enjoyed
1: She's very good. I yeah, I agree. I think that um Rahul Kali, he's definitely kind of playing against type a little bit, where in this he's just kind of like a he's kind of like a, a tech uh like investor buckhead with a a drug okay. problem and yeah. <laughs> accidentally I really killed a cat.
0: <laughs> well, I attempted to. Yeah. I agree with his character. Um a little weird that he was only into blowjobs. He was gay, but he only enjoyed blowjobs, and didn't matter from who. You
1: are correct. <laughs> I did notice that too.
0: <laughs> oh so, man, that was. But it. I guess that also goes to further show that the the kids from Roger or whatever
1: they were all really into themselves. Um, yeah, I, I got the sense there was a lot of uh, receiving and probably not a lot of giving in most of their relationships.
0: Yeah, and I wonder why he had so many kids. If he essentially made a deal with the devil that um, he, did did he, he forgot about. Well, I don't know if they forgot about, but I think they were just kind of like, that didn't really happen. But then all the uh, things that were come, uh, said to have come true did come true, and Then everybody kind of died. I'm just wondering why you had so many kids. Yeah, I know you want to
1: stick your dick in anything that moves, but, you know,
0: so many kids,
1: I don't know. I don't, I, it is, it is curious, but yeah, it is, I I liked the, and again, you don't really get to see, there's not many episodes, literally, where all of them are live at the same time, but. It it w- it is interesting to see their relationship and how they were the first two refer to all the rest of them as the bastards because they're all kind of you know from different uh, all of his different relationships and it's exactly how you'd expect someone that's just a multi a multi billionaire that thinks that they're invincible and immortal would behave as you just you're out there. Fucking and sucking and reproducing all over the place. (laughs) Fucking and sucking and touching, bro. Um.
0: But yeah, I think this was probably one of the better things I've seen this year. Um, Definitely for my Halloween stuff. I forget what my. Oh, I think The Descent was my number one. Maybe Cabin in the Woods was number two. Um, I don't think this can get there, but I think this is definitely um, something worth a watch. Probably multiple runs through, so you kind of know what's happening already. You don't necessarily need that, but if you're a little more savvier while watching it, that might not be a bad thing. Definitely, I think this is worth a watch. Well-written, very good.
1: Well-written, well-performed. Yeah. Uh, Aside from some slightly goofy moments and some dodgy cei in a couple well really just the last little bit looked bad but you it doesn't matter i mean it by the time you reach that point it's almost that you know something bad is going to happen that even that doesn't take you out of it all that much but it's uh it's just it's good it's really well made and definitely for this time of year it's it's a very Um, welcome sort of thing so it's a it's a big recommend for both of us and also Ryan I'm very very happy that a recommendation that I made that you enjoyed and you weren't like oh this is fucking shit I watched two episodes of it
0: (laughs) I don't feel like I've ever done that to anything that you
1: said Um. always a concern though because I'm like do I have good taste and stuff or not I don't know Well, I enjoy, I find
0: that the older I get, the things that scared me as a child are things that intrigue me as an adult, um, like demons, anything demonic and like supernatural. I really enjoy those kinds of movies because it's what I enjoy about the Marvel stuff. It's a little more unexplainable, which makes it more enjoyable to me, um, And then, like, well-written stuff. I mean, I feel like we've seen enough movies and TV shows to, you know, do this podcast and maybe even before um, that, you know, it's nice to see something that isn't so run-of-the-mill. It isn't just, like, stupid, like, all
1: right, we can tell what's going to happen next. I think this is... You really can tell with stuff like this to where it's not just the first thing they wrote down and filmed like they really put a lot of thought into this and it probably is one of those shows that would benefit from multiple views because after you you know get the first one out of the way you know what happens you can pay attention to how clearly they're teeing us teeing up some of the stuff to happen later on which is kind of what i enjoy on rewatching stuff is paying attention to how how they let you know what's going to happen but you know you're you're focusing on so many things at once you, you miss it, but it's, it's all probably laid out for you from the very beginning. And that's just, it's really cool to kind of watch that happen and kind of get into the mind of, you know, the writer and the director and how you kind of reverse engineer something like this. And it's, it's, it's a cool thing. It's, it's very well made. Is not like bloodshot? No, this is better than bloodshot. I will. Um, that's the hill. I will be happy to die on. <laughs> uh, Saying it, uh, but unless uh, you got anything else to add, Ryan, I think that'll probably do us for uh, for this week. Yeah, I think I'm good. I
0: I will give this one. I would say a nine out of ten. I don't think it's flawless, but I think it's
1: way up there. I'd say so. I'd say so too. Probably. I'd say this is an eight and a half, nine out of ten for me. It's one of the one of the best things I've watched all year. So it's 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 really good, aside from a few little pieces. But overall, yeah, it's it's very good. Definitely worth a watch if you have it. And it's it. on Netflix. And it's on Netflix. You can watch all of it at once. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't recommend binging it. But it's it's good. Space it out a little bit. <laughs> Couldn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. Get it
0: if you can. I know Halloween's over, but worth the watch even after Halloween.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. That'll do us for, uh, for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. And as we say at the end of this and every episode of Almost Accurate, nighty night, bitches! Until the next time, folks. Whoop whoop.